Rabbi Yisrael, good morning, a good nerve Shabbos. Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshish, Tetzaveh, Tovshin, Pei Beis. Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, we're holding in the middle of the month of Adar, and it's Adarishin, as we know, and we hope and we pray that there should be a lot of simcha by us, against Kla Yisrael, and even though last week and this week was the shiva for the wife of Joel Azuri, Leora, Allah Shalom. We hope and we pray and we daven that there should be Nechamas for them and for everyone that needs a Nechamas in Yeshua, the Shabbos, the Parsha Tetzaveh, should bring us a lot of Simcha and a lot of Chizuk. I myself this week was Zoha to um, a little bit of a different week after two years of Corona rampaging around the world and uh, the Rebunsham decided. It'll be befitting that I wouldn't have it for so many, so so such a long time. But this week, I was uh, um, afflicted with the Omicron, and uh, that put me into quarantine for a week at home. And um, it it was definitely uh, a matana um, from Hakadosh Baruch because I really had a, ver- a, f- a fairly light case, just very very schwach, very tired, but I didn't have any difficulties in breathing. And I'm very thankful to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I really want to be able to say And this morning I was allowed to go out um, after being in the quarantine for um, for the for the beginning of the week until today. And uh, we had two negative home tests, so that allows us to go out. So I know that I went to shul. I definitely had in mind when I made the brachas of Matir Asurim, I definitely felt that Kaddish Baruch Hu was allowing me to go out from uh, the Bidud. And uh, it was impactful this week. I'll be honest with you, um, the Rebetzin herself had a lot of symptoms but was negative. But she definitely also had, a, uh, had to be home. And um, Kaddish Baruch Hu gave it this to us uh, in his infinite wisdom for some reason that we should have a, a lower level of the variance. And we're very, very thankful to Kodesh Baruch for everything. And uh, we hope and we pray and we daven and that uh, everyone should be healthy and well. This week, because I was home, so I had many chavrusas by phone. I was even zochah to make two siyumim on Zoom. The Dafayomi, last month we were finished Megillah, but we didn't make a, a siyum because of the corona, the variant that was going around. And uh, they did make a siyum on Thursday night. See him on a double see him on Mait Cotton and on Mesechta Megillah. And, um, and I do know that the last night was also the see him of the Dafai of the Dirshu, where they had the, uh, the see him of the learning of Mishnah Buru with Bechinas, which are given to thousands and thousands of people. I just want to mention that they heard that there's. One Chabura that learns the Mishnabura, a 12-year-old boy that teaches 10 other young boys. And it's really an amazing thing that the young children and older people are learning. Uh, I heard that there was a man that was in his 90s who also went to the Siyam. He also completed the Mishnabura. So Rabbi said there's a Rebuy of Saf Salim, of Torah and Avaida. And really an amazing, amazing thing. I know there have Rav Moshe Sturmbach Shlita, the Pesach Ador went and spoke, and the Sarah Torah, Rav Chaim, Kanievsky Shlita, all of them should be gesund and stark, and 
other great gedolim that went to show to give covet and to give honor to the Torah. So we ourselves, if we're able to learn whatever we're able to learn, and if we're able to add on and to become part of these great efforts, then there's no question it's a great schus for us and for all of Kla Yisrael. Um, the parsha, parsha is the tzavet, the parsha of the big day kuna, and uh, there's a lot of uh, intricate, intricate details in the big day kuna. We're not going to go into the intricate details that one has to really spend a lot of time on, and it's it's it it it, it it's painstaking. <laughs> it wasn't easy to make them, and it's not easy to learn them. We want to point out what we usually point out at the beginning of the parsha, the famous Balaturim. The Balaturim says that this parsha is a strange parsha. It's the only parsha from the time that Moshe Rabbeinu was born till the end of the Torah that the name of Moshe Rabbeinu was not mentioned. And uh, the Balaturim gives a few reasons. Before we point out the reasons, just want to mention I saw it brought down in the Sefer. Not only is Moshe Rabbeinu's name not mentioned, but Akkadish Baruch's name not mentioned in the entire parsha. Very, very strange. Akkadish Baruch's name is not mentioned. So we see that there's a, a, a companionship, so to speak. Uh, a, a togetherness of the Rabbeinu Shalom who gave the Torah to Moshe Rabbeinu and in this week's parasha for some reason it is Nelam. The Balaturim says the reason is because since this week usually it's Zion other and Moshe Rabbeinu was Nifter and Zion other. So there's a hint in the Torah that the Torah says that uh, we're not going to mention Moshe Rabbeinu's name as if, so to speak, that he died in this week. And the reason is because the, Moshe Rabbeinu had asked, He told the Rabbeinu that you should wipe me out from the Svarim if you're not going to forgive Kla Yisrael. And even though it was a curse of a Chacham, and it was on a Tanai, the Tanai was because Baruch was going to destroy Kla Yisrael, but the Gemara says that when there's a klala from a chacham that comes, even if it comes on a condition, even if the condition is not fulfilled, but there's some aspect of the klala that has to remain, and therefore it was niskayim, it is fulfilled in this week's parsha that Moshe Rabbeinu's name is like, so to speak, he's like removed from the svarim. And he adds on another reason, is that since in this week's parsha we speak about the big day kuna, so since we're speaking about the Begadim of the Kuna, and Moshe Rabbeinu was supposed to have the Kuna, was supposed to come out of his lineage, but because he turned down the shlichus of going to Eretz to going to take out the people from Eretz Yisrael, he was arguing, so to speak, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. so HaKadosh Baruch Hu took it, and he gave it to Aaron HaKoyen, and therefore, in order not that, to have Agmas Nefesh, the Moshe Rabbeinu should feel bad, Oh, we're speaking about in this parsha. We're going to mention his name together with the big Dekuna. So therefore, we don't mention his name. So therefore, he doesn't have to have any agbas nefesh. That's the two reasons which the Balaturim gives. There's a fascinating Vilna Gaon which we want to mention. The Vilna Gaon says that this week's parsha has 101 psukim, keminyan michael. 101 psukim, keminyan michael. What's the Indian of 101? How does it relate to this Balaturim? So the, the Vilna Gaon says, the Gavaldik, the Gavaldik, only the Gaon can come up with this. And he says that the word, the name of Moshe has within it the Nigla and the Nista, what's called the Nigla and the Nelam. In Moshe you have 
the mem, which when we spell out mem, or when we announce mem, we spell mem, which is two mems, which is the, so the second mem, which is the nelam, which is not the written, but is what's hidden. That is 40. And then you have the shin. So the, 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 the nigla is the shin, the letter shin. And the nelam is the word shin, which is the yud and the nun, which is 60. So again, you have 60 and 40, you have 100. And then you have the hey. So the nigla is the, the, way it's, the way it's written, which is the hey. The nelam is what is not mentioned, which is the aleph. And that's the concept of 101. That's why there's 101 psukim. So the 101 psukim, it's really a remez to the nelam of Moshe. And the Vilna Gain says, it's a gewaltige lesson that it's teaching us. It's teaching us that even though Moshe Rabbeinu is removed from this parasha, which means his chitzonius of Moshe Rabbeinu is removed from his parasha. Or as we said before, that Moshe Rabbeinu was nifter in this parasha. Zayin other. His body, so to speak, is not here. But that's only the chitzonius of Moshe Rabbeinu. But Moshe Rabbeinu, just like Yaakov Moshe Rabbeinu continues to live on. The ruchnius of Moshe Rabbeinu, the Torah Hakadosh that Moshe Rabbeinu brought into the world, that he taught us Moshe Rabbeinu, and as we said before, the Moshe Rabbeinu, and that's why it could be why Moshe Rabbeinu and Hakadosh Baruch Hu's name is not mentioned, even Hakadosh Baruch Hu's name is not mentioned. And again, where do we find a similar thing in Megillah Esther that the Rabbanishlam's name is not mentioned, but we know that the Rabbanishlam is replete throughout the entire Megillah Esther. So Moshe Rabbeinu is also replete throughout this entire parsha and throughout the entire Torah. And therefore we're hinting to us that the Nelam of Moshe, ah, Givaldi Kavart, 101, the man of Echad, what the connection is to Michal, that I'll leave over to someone else to figure out. <clears throat> but it's teaching us a great lesson, Rabbi Zayim, that even when we, when sometimes we, it looks like that there's something, that the Torah is being Nelam, that Moshe Rabbeinu is being Nelam, that Chassizon, the Rabbeinu Islam is being Nelam, we should know that the truth is that that panemius is always there. It's chai v'kayim. Moshe emes v'sayrasa emes. And Moshe Rabbeinu is chai v'kayim. I saw a gewaldek, a gewaldek, a maizu. Beryl Pavarsky, the great Rashiva from Panovich, you should have a refuah shleima. Rav Beryl is the son of Rav David Pavarsky, Zechot Tzadik Levrocha, who I was able to meet and to, get, and to, to speak with him in learning Reb David was from the great Talmud Chachamim, the great Talmud of Rabbi Yeruchim in the Mir, and he learned in Kelim. And it's Reb Beryl said that he was born in the town of Branovich, which is where Rabbi Chanan Wasma, the great Kaddish, the great Goyen Vitzadik, and Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Chanan Vasman, was living. And at that time, Reb David was in the Kailul, and he, was, he would learn Bechavrusa with Rabbi Chanan. And when the communists came into power, Reb Beryl was a young boy, and one day he came home from the cheder, and he was without a yarmulke. And his father said to him, Where, Beryl, where's the yarmulke? He said that they had a Russian teacher that came in, and he told everyone to take off the yarmulkes, and he removed all the svarim, all the chumashim that they were learning, and he told them, tomorrow you're going to bring pens and papers, and we're going to have games, and we're going to write, and we're going to draw, and we're going to have a great time. That was the beginning of the communist regime. And when Reb David heard this, he says, Beryl on a kippah. Beryl without a kippah. It's not shaykh. He went to his wife, listened to this, and he, he 
He said, quickly, pack up everything without a second. He said, pack up everything, get some food, put it into a, a, a basket, a little sow we're going to take, take some clothes, because Beryl doesn't have a keeper. You have to realize, Reb David was then learning and even though we know the Holocaust came and Rebbe was killed, but at that moment, they didn't know what was going to happen. This was way before that. But Rebbe David felt that if his child is going to be lost to the Torah from the communist regime, so therefore he's not going to allow his son to remain anymore. And he picked himself up and they traveled. <laughs> Unbelievable how they traveled. They went to Moscow. And from Moscow, they went to Atvosk. And then they took a boat to Istanbul. From Istanbul, they took a, a, either a train or something to, to Lebanon. To Lebanon, they went from Lebanon by bus to Haifa, and that's how they eventually made it. They made it to Eretz Yisrael. And eventually, Reb David became one of the Rashivas of Panovich. Reb became Rashiva of Panovich. Thousands and thousands of Talmidim, thousands and thousands of Shiurim, thousands and thousands of Torah that was Mechadish. Why? Because Reb David Pavarsky, he went against everybody. The Rav in Branovich said to him, don't leave, don't worry, what are you leaving for? Don't worry about it. He says, no, if my son Beryl's not going to have a kippah on his head, then I can't remain here anymore. Rabbi said, when it looks like the Torah is being nela, when it looks like the Torah is being destroyed, but the Ruchnius, the Metzius is, that's the Parsha That's the big Dekuna. Masha Rabbein is not mentioned. But Michal, there's 101. We should remember, we should keep this in mind. One of the Begadim in the, in the, in the, um, in the Big Day Kuna is the Me'il. The Me'il was a robe. The robe, you take a look, it was checkered. It was put over the person's body. It had a very, um, it had a very, um, how would I say it, um, strong neck. And it went all the way down to over a person's body. The, the meal, the meal was one of the begotten. What was special about the meal? The meal had on the bottom of the meal, it, in the meal, it had pamonim verimonim. It had bells and it had pomegranates. And what was the purpose of the bells and the pomegranates? So the Torah tells us, al iron It should be on iron, and that he should serve. The Rabbi Shalom, they do the Avodah, and Nishma Koyloi Bevayala Kaidesh. And the voice of the bells and the Pamonin should be heard. And when you come to the Kaidesh, Lifne Hashem in front of Hashem, and also when he leaves the Avodah, and then he won't die. Rashi says, we learn out from here that if you're missing one of the Begadim, then misa. person has to have all the begadim, and part of the begadim was to have this pamoin v'rimoin, the pamoin where they would knock, they would make lots of noises, and the simple understanding is because Hakadosh Baruch Hu didn't want that anyone should be in the oil mayid when they're there because Hakadosh Baruch Hu said if we want to get everybody out from the oil mayid. I saw it brought down in the sefer that we have to realize that the um, the kayan. He had a house, but when he was doing the Aveda, he would go into the Lishka Sakayan. He would have a special, like a, I would say, a special apartment. And he would remain in the apartment. And 
The Rambam brings it down. The bias year lo lo kain gadol muhan be migdash vu anikri lishkas kain gadol v'tifar toik vaydish yoshev be migdash kolayim. And the glory is that he should sit in the migdash the entire day. V'layetze elo lebeis obavad belayli. He should only go out to his house at nighttime after he finished the avodah. But during the whole day, he sat in his office, and he would only go back to his house a couple hours at night. His house was in Yerushalayim. So I saw brought down in the Gavaldika Sefer that he is, that we understand what the Kayan would go in from the Lishka into the Avoid of the Beis Hamikdash, especially like we saw before the Lefnai Lefnim. For sure, he had to have the Pamonim Rimon in order that people should know that he's coming in. But what was the purpose when he was leaving? When he was leaving the Beis Hamikdash and going back to his home? Why do we have to announce that he's going home to his regular house? What's the purpose of it? What's the covet of the Tiferes? So Saul brought down in the shame of the Sefer Avnei Barakas that he brings the Yalkut Shemoni says over a Misa of Tutanoim. Reb Chanina Bar Chachinoi and Reb Shimon Bar Yochai from the famous Reb Shimon Bar Yochai. They went to learn Torah by Rekiv and Bnei Brak. Guess how long they went to learn Torah by Rekiv and Bnei Brak. Listen to these Talmidim. They went for 13 years. Now we know that Rebbe Kiv himself, he learned for 24 years, 12 and 12. They went to learn for 13 years. Now, when they were there, they had families. Rebbe Shun would always send uh, either telegrams in those days, however you sent a little note to ask what's going on in the house, and he was interested in what's happening in the house. Rebbe Chanina Bar he never sent a message. He was sitting and learning, he was steiging, and I guess his wife had a... Had a <coughs> was a great lady. And she was like Rebbe Kiva's wife. And she allowed him to do it. Again, it's not for Aramadrakas today, but in those days, that's what they were doing. Now one day, his wife, Rebbe Khanin, his wife sent him a message. That, you know, your daughter's already older and she has to get married. And someone's got to take care of to make sure they get married. But he heard the message, he didn't go. Rebbe Kiva, his Rebbe, he heard about it, Baruch HaKadosh, and he made an announcement the next day in this year, and he said, anyone that has an older daughter should go home. So Reb Bar Chachanoi, he decided to go home. His Rebbe said to go home, he has to go home. And when he got back to his town, after 13 years, his town had changed. It's like coming to Yushalayim today. We have the, we have the Rekeva, we have all the, all the, the constructions going on. He didn't, re- he didn't recognize where his house was. So how, did he, how is he going to get home? So he was a smart Lamdan. He decided to go to the local water well, and when he got to the water well, he'll see the girls that would gather around to draw water from the well. And that's what happened. And he figured his daughter would be there. So one day he got there, and one of them said, Oh, look who's coming. Bas is coming to fill up her pail of water. So now he knew it was his daughter. And he decided to follow his daughter home here with the, with the well, with the pail from the well. <laughs> the pail from the well. And he went inside the house. Oh, he was able to get home. And when he got home, he walked in. He didn't announce himself coming in. Came in very suddenly, and his wife saw him, and she was so shocked at seeing him after so many years. She had a heart attack. And I know it sounds like a very sad story. Listen to the end of the story. So when he saw this happen, he said, How could it be? My wife, who was so poor, and she was she gave up everything. I should sit and learn. This is what's going to happen. After 13 years of Mesiris Nefesh, the Rebunashim made Chiyas and she was brought back to life. 
The Gemara says in a different place that Reb Shimon Bar Yochai, he acted differently. When he went home, he sent a letter that he's coming home, he sent the message coming home, in order that when he should come home, everyone should be waiting, like we know, children are waiting, the wife is waiting. What was the difference, Reb Shimon Bar Yochai, with all, with all of his greatness in Torah, he went for 13 years, but he was able to understand, I have to send a message, and Reb Chachinoi, he was not able to understand that. Now we can't understand, we really truly cannot understand the Tanoim, each one had his cheshman. But in a certain respect, we can understand one thing. Reb Chachinoi, he reached such a madrig of Ruchnius, literally, he left this world. It was like, you know, the similar story we find, Reb and going into the cave and Reb They literally, they left this world. They weren't in this world. So to a certain extent, he just was out of it. He was just completely, completely engrossed in the Torah and the Ruchnius. And he went back because his Rebbe told him to go back. But he didn't relate to this mundane world. Reb on the other hand, he was like what's called but the Sulam is Mutzavartza. He understood that everything that I'm gaining in the Ruchnis is only in order to bring it home, to be able to bring it back and to be able to put it into a practical way. And therefore, he always kept touch with this what's going on in the house, what's going on with the kids. And he decided he's going to go back. Rabbi said, with this, we can maybe try, try to understand a little bit of what the message of the Kohen Gadol, the Kohen Gadol goes into Lefnai Lefnim. He goes in with the bells ringing. He announced to everybody, everyone should shoot themselves out. He's going to be together with the Rabbi Shalom, living a very ruchnistical life. But you know what? The Paman and the Riman weren't only there for when he was going out, was going in, they were also when he was going out, when he's going back to his home. He's going back to his family. He's taking all of the ruchnist that he got and he's trying to impart it and to bring it into the world in a practical way as well. I think this is a great message for all of us. We live in a world and we have to recognize we have to get involved with the Ruchnius. The Ruchnius is going to elevate us. The Ruchnius is going to bring us to higher levels of understanding of what the purpose of the world is. But in the end of the day, we have to recognize how do we impact it? How do we put it into the world? How do we somehow influence our families, our members, our our our, our society as a whole to make the society a better society. It's biyitziyosay. It's biknisosay ubiyitziyosay. We hope and we pray that the Rebbeinu Shalom, as we're going through the these times, where we see over here in Eretz Yisrael, especially, we see the world. There's talk about what's going on in Russia, in Ukraine. We have no idea what's really going to happen. We see what's going here, what's going on here in Eretz Yisrael, the government, with a lot of anti-religious laws which are coming into place. But we don't lose sight of the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu, in this week's parasha, even though he's not mentioned, he's fully mentioned in the Nelam. He's in the 101, he's in the Mikhail, and just like Moshe, the Tarasayamis, so we are going to be able to have the, in the Knisasay and the Tiyasay, it should be able to be a world where the Ruchnius impacts on our families, on our lives. We should be Zaychemitz Hashem to the Gula Shleim of Yameinu, wishing everyone a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, it would be another way of 
addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.